Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chan. Last week, we wrapped up the story of In the Mood for Love, a romantic drama made by Hong Kong-based director Wong Kar Wai, and it is widely considered one of the most significant films in the 20th century. Here is a quick recap. The film tells the story of Mr. Zhou and Miss Chen, two neighbors who live next door from one another in the 1960s Hong Kong. After finding out that their partners have been having an affair behind their back, the two are deeply wounded, and subsequently they slowly develop a bond of which the nature is difficult to define. They're like friends who support each other through this difficult emotional journey. They're also attracted to each other, and although unspoken, the attraction grows rude in both of them. Towards the end of the film, both are indecisive about what to do moving forward, and Joe leaves Hong Kong for Singapore. Though he comes back to visit sometime later, and Miss Chen also goes to Singapore to see him, the two somehow still miss each other and never get a chance to meet again. The film is about the feeling of loss, of longing, and that inexplicably tenacious attraction that bonds two forbidden lovers throughout their life. The emotions expressed by both characters throughout the film are subtle but potent. The film has done an outstanding job of accentuating these emotions in key moments. In fact. I would argue that the film's presentation is the main element that makes it so enticing to so many audiences, even for those who don't speak the language. The visual language is universal and can therefore be understood and appreciated by audiences across all languages and cultures. I was going to break down the use of music, cinematography, and writing of the film in different aspects. But upon repeated viewing in preparation for the show, I've come to realize that these elements are very closely intertwined, and none of them really works without others individually. So instead, we're going through some of the film's key scenes to see how director Wang Karwei is able to employ these visual and audio techniques in order to tell a story that entices us all so much. This music is titled "Umaji's Theme," and is played several times throughout the film. It is played towards the beginning, when Miss Chen was walking downstairs to buy food, and it was used again later on in the film when she does the same thing during the rain. And later on, the music is once again present when she walks out of the room in which people were playing the game of mahjong. Just by listening to the music, we feel a sense of longing, of attraction, and the feeling of being stuck in between places while not knowing where to go next. It is the quintessential musical score of the film, as it encapsulates so much of the characters' emotions. 
In order to further drive home the depths of these emotions, the filmmaker deliberately slows down the speed at which the scenes are played. When we watch sports replay, important actions are often played back in slow motion to highlight the intensity of the action. This technique is also widely used in music videos in order to draw the viewer's attention to key emotions. So every time the director plays the soundtrack underneath a scene that is in slow motion, it effectively makes these sequences mini music videos in their own right. They transform actions that would otherwise be considered mundane, such as a walk across the alley to buy dinner and people passing through a room, into something that is extraordinarily attractive. We see every step taken by the protagonists. We see how they anxiously wait under the roof during the rain, hoping to get a chance to head on home. More than anything, we see and we feel their expressions. As the film progresses, the two main characters are filled with more and more indecisiveness, and are more and more lost as to what to do. And the music did a perfect job accentuating those emotions. This is why, like I said earlier, that the other elements in the film cannot be separated from the music in their role to accentuate the mood. In these scenes with heightened emotions, the cinematography, the costume, and set design have certainly pulled their own weight in helping to accentuate the mood of the scene. During these mini sequences that we've been talking about, director Wang Karwai has deliberately set the lighting in a way that is similar to theater lighting. A lot of these sequences are set during the evening or at night. And therefore, the lighting in the environment is understandably dim. But the scenes are staged in such a way that the main character would often walk past the light from street lamps or from other sources. This makes them the only people in the scene who is well lit, and naturally, our attention gets pulled to the area in the screen that is the brightest. This setup makes them less like people in real-world settings, and more like actors on a theater stage, standing underneath a beam of light where everything else is dim. Along with the music and the slow motion, this makes us more keenly aware of every gesture and emotion that our characters express. Now, I believe this isn't done just to make the film look stylish. These sequences themselves convey a great sense of loneliness and isolation, and they often occur right after a scene where one of the two main characters encounters a clue or an incident that makes them really unsure of what's going on with their partners. And therefore, this heightened emotional expression makes us see just how lost and vulnerable they are in that moment in time. Another way that director Wang Karwai adds to the mystery of the film is in the way he edits, as in how he puts different sequences together. Storytelling in mainstream films, for the most part, follows a clear narrative sequence. The audience is shown the beginning, the middle, the development, and the end of most actions, in order to have a clear understanding of what's going on. The directors can vary the framing of those elements, 
But those elements are mostly there, present in the film. In The Mood for Love is a notable exception in those elements. In many cases, the director intentionally omits the beginning or the middle portion of a sequence and shows us only the end. And here's an example. Towards the beginning of the movie, Miss Chen spots that a few martial art novels are lying on Mr. Zhou's desk. He explains to her that he used to love reading these novels, but has given up the idea of writing one himself. She gives him a good gesture of encouragement, and Mr. Zhou offers to loan her the books, and she kindly turns it down. Hey, Miss, yeah, Chen Tai. In the following scene, Miss Chen has a conversation with the landlord. She intends to return the martial art novels to Joe, but he was away at the time. The landlord also tells her that Joe has been away for days after he had a fight with his wife. Now, we remember earlier that Chen didn't borrow the books from Joe during their earlier conversation. But moments later, we see Chen in a different dress coming to return the books. The director skips the conversation that happened in between these two sequences in which Chen actually agrees to borrow the books and instead jumps straight to the point where she returns them. The viewers are left to their own imagination to fill the gap, and every time we are left to guess what happens in between two sequences in time, it adds to the sense of drama and mystery to the film that we're watching. Now, let's continue and watch the events that follow that sequence. In this scene, we hear the voice of Miss Jo. She's not shown in the video. We only hear her voice while seeing the environment in which she works. Her voice says that there's no need to wait for me today. I'm working a night shift, and you can just go ahead and head on home. The conversation presumably takes place between her and her husband, Mr. Joe, but when Joe makes a surprise appearance at her place of work moments later, we see Joe talking to his wife's colleague, who tells him that she's already gone. These two scenes follow the conversation where the landlord talks about the two having a fight. Now, we don't see the actual fight unfold on screen, and Miss Joe almost never made an appearance throughout the film. But we are presented with the aftermath of the fight. Mr. Joe calls her wife in a good-natured gesture to try to make an arrangement to pick her up. And she lies about working late, leaving him to find out later that she'd already gone home. Once again, we as the viewers are left to our own imagination to guess and to figure out just how bad the fight could have been and how it really affects the two characters. By using these techniques, In the Mood for Love draws us into its own world and have us emotionally engaged and invested. And as a result, we as the viewers feel deeply engaged. Next week, 
we'll wrap up our coverage of the film and talk about what many consider to be the crowning achievement of the film, which is its cinematography. For Lights Camera Asia, I'm Jake Chan. Talk to you next week.